Hi. So for this podcast, um, we're going to be looking at the theme of identity. And I'm going to be having a conversation with two of the co-researchers from the project, um, Loki and Elsa. Hello. Hi. Um, so I just wanted to start really by just asking you both um, how you actually do identify. Yep. Um, so I, I identify as a um, non-binary um, queer individual from Indian background. Thank you. Yeah. Elsa? I identify as a female black woman uh, and foreigner, given that UK is not my home. I'm a immigrant, new one. Okay. And queer, but mainly black woman. Okay. Yes. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because actually we've got multiple, multiple identities, haven't we? So, um, and there are many kind of, I don't know, contentious kind of labels and boxes that people try and put us in. Okay. So, and I'm um, an umbrella terms, I suppose, for, for our communities. So do you think that they help or do you think that they hinder us in terms of how we identify and how people see us? You mean the labels? Yeah, the labels and the boxes that we get put in. I personally, I'm not a big fan. You know, uh, in Portugal where I grew up, when you go to a service somewhere or you mm. feel any form, we don't have black, Asian, African, black of African descent. We just have male, female, um, nationality, what's your nationality, mm. place of birth. Mm. Uh, it's very confusing for me that both here in the U.S. where I used to live, it's white, black, black of descendants, African, black, other, Asian, mm. Mm. this, this and that. And I just found that ridiculous. Mm. First of all, there's no way this information will be relevant to whatever service you might give me, mm. unless it's the life of that. Mm. Secondly, I feel it's just a shameless institutional method to count people and categorize them mm. and keep tabs on them. Mm. I hate it. That's okay. something that you find yeah. very UK yeah. in Europe. It's only in UK. Yeah. I think it's horrible. And I hate the BAME label. Like yeah. there's white and then there's the others. You know, you don't put an Italian in the same box as a Spanish person. You don't put a Romanian in the same box as a Polish person because you know they're different in culture. Mm -hmm. But they're all Caucasian, right? Mm -hmm. But then whenever someone is not white, then it's all the others. Yes. And I just think it's so disrespectful and and sad because you don't see the beauty in mm. it, you know? It's quite diminishing, isn't diminishing. it? Diminishing. Lumping yeah. us all in. What do you think, Lucky? Yeah, from my experience, I think like uh, these labels very... Um, based on like where you are for example back in India I was um, someone from a backward caste because the caste system is more relevant there than here um, I, even though I was I never felt as a minority in a way mm. um, but when I moved here the first time I felt that I was a minority um, and I had to take this label of being Indian or being South Asian, mm. which I never considered before. Um, and then also the the layers of different sort of um, labels that are given. For example, being queer, I have to 
because the way i see myself is uh, like i don't find myself in this one box of gender i i believe my gender is more fluid than just one label mm. um and that's why i cast the most widest term that i can find like non binary queer person that's that's the like the widest term i could use sure so people don't come up with their own sort of um understanding of those labels and project the that sort of uh the idea of those labels on me that they might have sure um yeah and the, also the, the interesting that i've seen is um what i talked about like the labels based on locations um for example the term uh in uk is used bame uh black asian and minority groups um whereas in us it might be different where um i'm not sure what uh, the term is used there um and then also terms like people of color which i find is a very offensive term but it's widely acceptable and yeah, those kind of terms as well so those are the labels that are projected on me by default mm. even though i don't identify mm. with mm-hmm. any of those labels mm-hmm. so basically those labels are a hindrance in lots of lots of ways how they uh, that are ascribed to us yeah. yes because they force us to become something we're not you know hand the label tell me or being poc i don't wake up in the morning look in the mirror and all, i'm poc i'm not poc mm. it's like the f- to think that i have to go somewhere feel a form poc but i'm not that mm. I-, i was born in angola i have a portuguese nationality because of colonialism blah 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 family you know p- white blood in family blah 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 i'm all those things but i'm not poc there's no such a thing as poc humans mm. however white supremacy decided that they have to find ways to distinguish us from them so they come up with these labels and these storm these terms they don't even ask us hey do you think this is correct do you agree with this you know and for me it's just it's just shameless disrespect in your face because you would never go to an italian you would never go to european citizens and tell them we're going to put all of you mm. under one label not now you're not just european which include anyone any color you're going to be the white community of the white mm. uh, whatever we don't do that yeah. italians will never accept that spanish will never accept for yeah. label that puts them in the same box Yeah. But we have to deal. We yeah. have to swallow it. Yeah. So it's about it's it's about completely annihilating our multiple identities, isn't it? Exactly. And the de- and actually as you're saying Elsa, white people wouldn't do that no. to themselves because they recognize that within just being white there is a multitude of difference as well as similarities. Yes. But actually we're just not white, so we just get clumped in with the others. The other. You know we become the other yeah. you know i went to trevor noah show yesterday mm. and he had a joke about that he says he understands colonialism and slavery is of the past we got to move on but the only time he's really nervous he's really gutted is when he travels and he goes to the airport and you have the americans the europeans the australians the british and the others and, the others, and yeah. when he goes to the others it's always a hustle mm. because when you're other first of all We don't take your word 
for being true. So you gotta prove that you come into the UK and you're gonna leave the country. And he's like, but I don't need a ticket return. I'm telling you I'm gonna leave. Yeah. How do I know? Because I wanna go home. Yeah. It's like, because <laughs> I don't actually want to stay why here. Why would you wanna stay here? You know, it's like, but you wouldn't say that to an Australian yeah. because you assume that your Australian will want to go home. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with our home? Mm. If we tell you we're Absolutely. from Uganda, we're coming, but we're gonna go back, we have reasons to go yeah. back. But other don't have a voice. Yeah. Other don't have reasons to go back. Other are desperate. Other are needy. And they're desperate to leave. We're desperate to leave our homes to come and live in this place where we're going to be exposed to racism and colonialism and be treated as less than. We're, we're, we're desperate to stay yeah, here, yeah. apparently, aren't we? So, yeah. Can I just ask you both, though, um, what about your multiple identities actually makes you proud what you what what makes you proud about who you are yeah um so i i think uh for me specifically it's 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 sort of intersectionality of those identities mm. where um i understand my south asian background has a lot of rich history but i'm like what amazes me is when my queer identity comes along with that there has always been a queer history within the South Asian history, um, like th the cultural aspect of South Asian identity, um, the relig religious aspects of it. There have been queer gods always, uh, whereas um, my identity being South Asian is pitched against my queerness. Mm. For example, being in UK, um, when I arrived in UK for the first time, a lot of people, when I would meet them, mostly white, uh, they would be like, oh, you come from India, you must you must be really happy you came here, you must feel free, you must be, yeah, just like those kind of things that I was always oppressed or like my community is always oppressed just because I'm South Asian, but that's not the case. Mm. Um, there are certain sort of oppressions that exist in my culture, which some of them are result direct are like direct results of the colonization. Mm -hmm. For example, the the Hinjara community was always part of the culture. I'm sure they were not treated the best way, but they were still a big part of the culture. They were um, they were like um, uh, advisors to the kings in old times, mm. um, they, they had religious significance. But when Britishers came, they outlawed the community. Mm. They made for them their existence to be illegal within the country. And over a couple of centuries, mm. that was ingrained within the mindset of everyone there. Um, and now when I am here and I am embracing my own identity, I'm said that oh your your culture oppresses trans people your culture oppresses gay people but that was not my culture that no. was something that was imposed on my culture and that exists now okay so that's an import yeah yeah that's homophobia so, is an import yeah 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 so that, that that's what I'm like proud of like going back to my roots and embracing those amazing things that have always existed in my culture and a lot of other cultures. It's it's the, the gender binary specifically comes from European culture, yeah. which was imposed on all over the world. 
and now they claim themselves to be the saviors of women they liberate women they liberate queer people but it's you're not doing that you are the ones who impose that in the first place yeah 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 amazing thank you elsa what about about you yeah just before i go into myself i really like yeah. what you said it would be you know today they act as a human rights you know standards mm. uh it would be really nice to see them speak to these countries india africa nigeria ghana and say hey guys today you have homophobia but it's actually something that we created when we arrive there was no homophobia in your countries this is how your countries lived homophobia free so please forget that part of history go back to what we were because this is something we created we apologize we're telling you it's wrong mm. you know but they wouldn't do that mm. so anyway but I, i like what you said yeah my identity <laughs> my identity <laughs> you know you mentioned this community that's part of indian culture and always existed and i actually saw a doc- documentary about it and i really loved it it, ma- it makes me think of one of my favorite uh, black queens uh, queen zinga which is widely known who's widely known for uh, facing the portuguese when they arrive in angola you know she prevent them from taking over completely you know they kind of uh, settle for a sort of a um, agreement where you can stay but you will never be you will never own the country but then she died and things got worse but this woman queen zinga mm, mm. was queer queen zinga had oh, girlfriends wow. she had a woman you know she she was a, a warrior she was a leader she was the son of the king she had who she wanted to have and its story tells us that she had wives by her side she had a, at a given moment she had a, a story with men but she had women and no one told her she couldn't be queen no one yeah. disrespected her no one thought less of her because she had people knew she had a woman in her bed because in africa back in those days it was about leadership Mm. It was about worthiness and new proof of what you were, you know. I mean, I my dream is to one day do my lineage and find out I'm related to her because then I would be girl and me. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like girl, <laughs> Queen Zinga here descendant hello in the house. But anyway, <laughs> to go back to my identity, I love I'm learning how to fall more and more in love for myself. You know, I I went from not being comfortable with being black not because of white people because of black people who thought I wasn't black enough uh, I, and then being a christian in the midst of people who weren't christians and then I went from still a christians but now I'm queer so I'm not really with christians anymore mm-hmm. but then with the queer people uh, not all really are into it because like oh you're queer but you're christian oh, you go to church and mm, mm. it's a bit lame you know mm. so it's like fuck all of you you know I'm just going to do me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a black woman. Yeah. I'm a queer. I'm a believer in love of Jesus freak freak, you know, and I I'm bisexual by the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrible, right? But I'm bisexual. I can marry a man, I can marry a woman. I'm not a big dater, but if I go out there and I fall in love, I'm going to fall in love for a human being. So I feel like in the end of the day, I'm so much so so many things that I stop 
asking for permission and I mm. stop waiting for approval. Mm. And I certainly will not explain myself, mm. you know. So when people come to me and they, they say, are you queer, but are you this or are you, what queer, what queer are you? I'm queer. Mm. If it's a man or woman, it's none of your business, mm. you know. Just like heterosexuals cannot question me, I don't allow queer people to mm. question me, mm. you know, but I'm black. But you're not really black. I mean, your skin, it's not, no, I'm black. Mm -mm. Black, black, goody, black. That's all you need to know, okay? I'm black. And uh, when I'm with black people in my community and they're like, oh, but you speak Portuguese without an accent. Yes, but I also speak Creole with a lot of an accent. You know, you wanna hear? Mm. Mm. You know, so for me, identity requires bravery because it's very personal. It's defined only by you. Mm. And there will always be someone saying it's too much or not enough. Yeah. And Absolutely. it requires bravery for you to say, this is who I am. So what you were saying mm. um, just resonates with me in terms of you don't need permission yeah. to be who you are. And you've just talked, both of you, about your multiple identities and mm -hmm. how they don't fit into the boxes that are ascribed to us. So what, so what is your actual experience of living in London as who you are, like, as you navigate your daily lives? What's your experience of that? Yeah, um, just before I get to that point, mm. um, uh, what Elsa um, said earlier um, about like different labels used by different communities. Mm -hmm. What my experience has been would be that there the, the are different sort of labels used by majorities just for them to distance you from them. So for example, if I go to South Asian groups, I'm the queer person, I'm the odd one out, so I don't belong there. Mm. And when I go to queer spaces, mm. I am the brown person I, I don't know their music i don't know their um th th their ways or their understanding of uh, identity so i don't belong there so i have to find this niche the niche community which is um south asian which is queer which which is gender fluid like i have to like just make sure i find the people who are very similar to me mm. just to be myself mm. Otherwise, I don't belong anywhere. And have and, you? Yeah, so I've, I've found few people here and there. Okay. But again, that's a very difficult process because yeah. then you have to put yourself in those labels that, yeah. oh, I identify as non-binary, so maybe I have to look for a non-binary person. Yeah. And that that's a very alienating thing. And I believe you, you need to be exposed to all sort of different identities, different sort of individuals that's what brings different perspective and that's that's what makes mm. life interesting mm -hmm. if, if you're with everyone who's just like you mm. you're not going to you. learn it's anything the same as yeah, you. Yeah, yeah 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 okay um okay. and also regarding the experience actually there's this story uh, there's this thing that recently happened with me where i, I met this person who's uh, a danish uh guy uh, and then we were having a conversation um, I'm not sure where, but uh, the topic of the Burka ban came and um, he was uh, telling me that he supports Burka ban. I was like, okay, but why? He, he said in, in a lot of uh, liberal, modern 
Muslim people who don't want their children to wear burqa would send their children to schools, but the other Muslim, more orthodox, more religious people bully them or like some some mm. sort of like extreme weird scenario he mm. came up with, and he was justifying the burqa ban with that. And I, I like my uh, like I asked him about like why he thinks like like his justification was like we are helping muslims to be themselves by taking away their ability to wear burqa and i was like that's so mm. like conflicting you're taking someone's freedom and you're telling them we are helping them be free yeah you're not <laughs> helping well, you're, them it's an, it's, it's an imposition isn't it it's an imposition of what western people believe is freedom as they have determined it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's 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 like yeah. their understanding of what's default what's right yeah. it's it's like like whatever is works in west would work for everyone absolutely like for example them telling what women should wear he he's a straight white man mm. um and then he's making decisions for a muslim woman yes what she should wear and then justifying that oh uh, we are allowing them to be free but isn't that just the de- uh, textbook definition of white supremacy yeah yeah and and what and that's their import isn't it around the globe is white supremacy yeah. isn't it i'm just aware of the time so what was the question the question was what just very quickly what is your experience of um kind of performing your identity i suppose in london yeah that's a great question and it's been in my life actually basically since i moved to london in november october 2019 it's going to be two years almost and then pandemic happened and it's like i moved to london to be this queer amazing black woman you know and Which you are do, doing all the things and then i came to uk and i'm like oh there's racism in the queer community there's biphobia yeah. in the queer community and I'm originally from Angola in Cape Verde. I'm a Lusophone, which means I'm in that part of Africa that speaks Portuguese. They were colonized by Portuguese people. And so it's very different from the West Africa as we know it, Ghana, Nigeria, which is very different from the South Africa. So I come to London and blackness in London is very centered around Ghana and Nigeria and Jamaica and the Caribbeans. So I'm like, uh, I don't, where are people, you know? So since last year, I've been like in a journey of um, standing within who I am, even if that means I'm standing alone. So for me, my experience has been a, a solitary way, a solitary journey, because uh, ideally I would have to find people that are lusophon, that are queer, that are bisexual, you know, mm. they listen to the music I hear, like the parties I like, which, like he said, yeah. is like a niche of the niche of the niche of the mm. niche of the niche. But then I'm limited. I don't want to just be with those people. Yeah. But I feel like I'm not fully welcome on the other mainstreams mm. where I would like to be, just for the sake of sharing experience yeah. and diversity. So my experience of identity has been, it's been challenging, but at the same time, because... I'm in the stage of my life where it's like, I don't really give a, uh, I'm like, you know, it's cool. I mean, here, I'm here to study. I'm here to make some money. I'm a for, I'm an immigrant. My home is in Portugal or in France with my family. I know where I belong. Mm. I know where to go when I need to go home. Mm. However, it would be nice to be in London 
and be able to create a second home while I'm here. But it's challenging, like Loki said, because you there's so many uh, groups out there and you feel like you have to pick one. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I cannot pick one because I'm not just one. Yeah. Right. And that comes back to our multiple identities. Isn't yeah. It? And it's, it's almost like this could be a whole nother podcast, which it may end up being talking about how do we change that then? How do we change that? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, we're, we're out of time. <laughs> so, thank you. It's a Lucky. long talk. It's thank a long you, talk. Elsa. And thank you so much for coming and being part of these podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's a great conversation.